When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones with the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to truly pay the price of leadership. And today, my guest is David Einemer. And David has been teaching for 31 years at the junior high and high school level. He thinks teaching is the greatest profession on earth. And he is most passionate about helping students realize the value of an education. David, that is exciting indeed. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited to hear about this because you get the really young emerging leaders and get to pour into them. And I'm sure most of our audience out there listening has had a teacher at that level, those impressionable age, put a book in their hand or inspire or encourage them. And that is why they're already living a tremendous life. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. Well, David, can you tell me about what, how you intersected with books or how you heard about Tremendous, a little bit about how we connected? Yes, ma'am. So it was, gosh, probably about 15 years ago now, a gentleman had come to my school and gave a little motivational presentation to the staff. And he gave a copy of this book by this author, Jim Stavall, The Ultimate Gift is the name of the book. And I read the book and it really uh, resonated and connected with me. So at the time I was doing some motivational speeches, just a few. And one, they paid me as much in one day as I made in a month as a teacher. And I went out and bought, I was like, wow, I want to do, I want to give something back like that gentleman who came to my school and gave something to me. He put a book in my hand that made a difference for me. Mm. So I looked on the internet. I'm trying to find where could I get copies of this book? And I happened upon Tremendous Leadership and Your Father. And anyway, I, I called and inquired about obtaining the book and your dad got on the phone, Charlie Jones, and he had a conversation with me. I talked to him about how I was a teacher and what I was doing. And he right away, um, ma'am, he, he sent me a bunch of different little books for me to encourage me and enrich my life as a leader to help the students and people that I was in contact with. So besides purchasing a large number of those books, which I gave out because that was my intent, he took time with me and spoke with me and encouraged me and sent me many books, which I read, which really helped me and influenced my life. 
Wow, David, that is just, that's absolutely beautiful. And so, like I said, for our listeners out there, I think a lot of them are probably smiling and nodding saying, yep, dad gave him a book. I try and carry on that legacy about, you know, and he would always say to me, Tracy, the more books you give away, the more money you make, you know, and it was like so counterintuitive, but what a blessing to hear how that changed your life. And yeah, we did initially publish The Ultimate Gift. Jim Stovall's a, a dear friend and that book is still going strong. So thank you for continuing to share that. All right, David. So let's get right down into it. The price of leadership. All right. Leadership is not for the faint of heart. A lot of people think, oh, I'm a leader. I get the big office, the corporate car, all that stuff, the accolades. But in fact, there's a price you have to pay. And my father spoke extensively about the price you're going to have to pay to be a true leader. And the first price he said you have to pay is you've got to deal with loneliness. And again, we all hear that, you know, it's lonely at the top. David, can you share, you've been in this field for many, many years, decades. Can you share what loneliness as a leader, what that looks like for you, and maybe a time when you were in a season of loneliness and how you combat this very real thing that leaders have to face. Yeah, it is lonely uh, as a leader because, well, it all depends upon you. And like I would say with the students, I don't need 12-year-old friends. I don't need 15-year-old friends, Mm. you know? I mean, there doesn't need to be a wall between us, but there needs to be a line between us. And I'm not going to cross that line and you're not going to cross that line. But they're not always going to like you. They're not always going to agree with everything you say and everything you do. And you could be quite unpopular at times, trying to do the right things for the right reasons. And sometimes people may not see it the same way and that's okay. So you have to be able to be out on an island sometimes by yourself, fighting the good fight. You know, this morning I came in to school to do this podcast and it's completely dark. It's not the very best of areas I'm the only person on campus. And oftentimes when I come to work, I am the first one here. And I am often the last one to leave. And a lot of times people don't see the work and the the effort and the ethic that it takes to be able to lead and to do the things that you do. They take that for granted. They see perhaps you showing up or they see the results, but they don't see the thought and the care and the time and the love and the energy that goes in to make everything happen. You know, and those are the things that people don't see. And I think um, most leaders do mm-hmm. and don't tell anybody about and they just do it. And I guess you just do what you need to do. I love it. Well, great insights. You talked about we're on the same team, but there is that line of demarcation. And, you know, in the military, they called it fraternization. Officers and enlisted. And yes, we go to war and we we would die for each other, but there still is that that boundary. And that's important for leaders because I know a lot of leaders, they're like, but I want to be people's friends. And I'm like, but that's that's not your role. And I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes with George McDonald, where I would deal with, my gosh, I'm really doing this for the best of everybody. And I'm getting such bite back from it. And I'm alone is George McDonald has a quote that says, to be trusted is a higher compliment than being loved. And I had to always realize that as a leader, you're a lot of times going to be unpopular. And that's okay because you have to do it for the long-term health of the entity or the individual. And it may be hurtful for a brief time, but in the end, that's better than it being harmful for a lifetime. 
So I really appreciate your insights on that, David. I know that's going to, because sometimes we're dealing with adults, but from an emotional maturity standpoint, it may feel like we're dealing with 12 and 15 year olds. I mean, sometimes I'm like, are we in our sixties or are we 12? Okay. Which, which is it? So thank you for bringing that up. Yes, ma'am. I love it. All right. So David, loneliness, now weariness. Uh, You said you're the first in, you're the last out. How do you combat weariness? It's got to be exhausting pouring into these young lives, especially when they come to you to fill up and you may be the only faucet that's pouring into them. How do you stay energized and combat weariness? Yeah, well, for one thing, I, I do try to maintain some kind of balance in my life between personal and professional and taking care of others. But but also I try and I'm, I'm not the best at this. I, I will admit I struggle with this is to um, put my own mask on first before I reach for the mask to put on someone else, you know, and sometimes I'd let that get out of balance. I mm-hmm. do. And then I have to reel it back in and get on track. I think for me, having a circle of men, a circle of people, community that help fill me up and push me forward in life, people that I can count on and, you know, that small circle. And it, it sometimes it's not even be people in person. You know, there are motivational speakers that I listen to, books that I read, you know, Inky Johnson is a a speaker, an amazing gentleman. I've never met him, but each time I hear him speak, I feel it in my gut that I want, it inspires me to have more energy and to keep going and to push through and to push forward, you know? So I try to, you know, watch what I put in my mind, what I put in front of me to see the, the circle around me in my life so that it would help pick me up when I'm down and encourage me to move forward and take steps sometimes where I don't really feel like taking steps at that moment of that day, you know, and they help me through those times of weariness, you know, oftentimes, you know, depending on the person, you know, also their faith, you know, and that's a, a personal decision, you know. So one for, you know, for me and perhaps for other people, it may start with their faith and then their circle. And for me, you know, the books, the community, the motivational speakers. Mm. And then I find encouragement and weariness with the, the students that I'm leading. You know, a lot of them lead very challenging lives and persevere through so many things. And they deserve my best. You know, they deserve a teacher who's going to show up and give them the very best they can. They deserve that, you know, so it encourages me to to work harder. I love that. Thank you, David. Oh, man. Uh, did you ever read Palmer's? I don't know if it's P- Parker Palmer's Courage to Teach. No, man. Just very much what you're talking about, just just the highest calling and how we need to be at it. And I love that you talked about that you have people to help you shoulder the burden. And that is whenever I see somebody kind of in that spiral, I'm like, okay, who's your lifelines? And they're like, I don't have any. And I'm like, you have to have them. And they're out there. So if you, if you don't have them, then you are intentionally stopping them. So that's really important. And I love the reminder, you got to take care of yourself first, or you're not going to be of any use to anybody. Yes, ma'am. 
I love it, David. Okay. So we talked about loneliness. We talked about weariness. The next term my father talked about the price of leadership is abandonment. And that tends to have a negative connotation. But his point was we need to abandon what we like and want to think about in favor of what we ought and need to focus on. So really for him, abandonment was just this extreme ownership and focus so that you stop, you declutter your life. How do you, with everything going on, with all the noise, with all the different hats that you wear, how do you, David, stay really hyper-focused and abandoned to the call of teaching? Well, I, I find inspiration in many places. Last night, I was talking to an 82-year-old man who is in the hospital and He was talking about how, you know, many of the things that we get bogged down on really don't matter at all. Mm. And what he's learned being in the hospital for the month that he has is that we really need to focus on the most important things. And the most important things may be different for different people, but you got to make sure that you're putting the most important things first, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think it is a story about where the gentleman, he's a teacher, he comes in, he has the jar, he has the pebbles, he has the sand, he has the water, he talks about with the students. And if you put the sand in first and you put the water in first and then the pebbles, there's no room for the rocks. And if you did it the other way, you put the rocks in first and then the pebbles and then the sand and then the water. And he demonstrated this to his students that you have to put the most important things first, you know. So I try to keep reminders around me you know, to stay focused and not to abandon the greatest calling and the most important things. Um, the quote that I'm looking on, um, well, it's on the side of my classroom right now, is the one I'm basically, I am only one, I, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. That which I can do, I ought to do, and that which I ought to do, I will do. Mm. You know, that was Helen Keller, but I don't have it written down who that was from. (laughs) So I think it's really important to stay focused and not abandon the most important things. Thank you so much for that, David. Okay, so loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and I love the rock analogy. You know, I've heard that a million times, but the way you explained it, teacher, that really really impacted me. And I'm like, man, there's some, some kinesthetic learning exercises I can do with that. So thank you for that, David. Okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment. And last of all, my father talked about vision. And I think sometimes with vision, we get this thing where you got to be this esoteric or this philosophical. And my dad was always like, Tracy, vision is just seeing what needs to be done, first of all, and then two, doing it, you know, executing it. And I was like, Okay. Okay. How do you stay um, casting your vision and doing those other things? Oh, I I'm see. Sorry. I have to stand or <laughs> you got the motion sensor. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I love it. Yes. Good energy conservation there. <laughs> yeah. Back to vision. How do you stay with the vision? And, and you know what you're in an already established curriculum. How do you weave little bits of your vision into this and make it yours? Um, Well, I guess you start with Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people will perish, you know. Um, So I I basically, I I try to be really real with the students, you know, and help them 
to start, because I, I wish I would have done this at a much younger age, you know, is to develop a vision for your life. You know, what is it that you want? What is mm. it that you don't want? You know, how do you want to live? You know, what do you want to do for work? What do you want your relationships to be like? What do you want your education to be like? What do you want your health to be like? You know, to start now and start making a vision for your life, you know? And I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and he was questioning me about something because I wrote many of my students want to own their own home. And he was like, well, I've taught 11-year-old kids before and none of them really speak about that. And I was like, well, my students do, you know, because many of them don't own their own home. And we're talking about things like that. You know, well, do you want to own a nice car or do you want to own your own home? Because if you get a nice car first, it might get in the way of your greater vision of owning your own home, you know. So I, I try to weave in as much as I can to help them. And I, and I encourage them too. your vision for your life is your vision. It's not mine. It, it can and should be very different than mine or the person next to you. But I really encourage you to consider your vision for your life in all areas of your life, you know, um, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, relationally, all the leads, I guess. Um, what type of vision do you want to have in your life? And then once you get some, you know, working in your mind, get after it like it means everything in the world. Because it does, because you mean everything in the world, you know, so. Love it. Thank you, David. That was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, and without, without vision, it perishes. And I can't tell you, even for adults, the number one thing that people get hung up on is, as you said, tell me what you want in life. Because when you nail that down, that purpose point or what, it, what feels best for you or incorporates your God-given gifts and your physical, intrinsic, genetic coding, the rest floats. But everybody gets so caught up on that and people just keep coming back and spinning and spinning and spinning and drifting and drifting and drifting until you land on what you want. So I am so thankful that you are hitting them in an early age about what do you want? Yeah, we have society and yes, we want to be good citizens and yes, we have the dreams of our parents, but what do you want? And that's so good that you're challenging them. And I love the part about the home because you know what? We, those of us that grew up in a home, our parents that owned the home, it never dawned on us that we wouldn't own a home. But if you don't have a home or you live in the streets or you're in a shelter, that's such a, an aspiration and a beautiful one indeed. So thank you for laying that out to them. Here's how you get there. Here's the steps because every step you take is a choice. And then there's a consequence intended or unintended. And how beautiful that you're sharing that with them. You're welcome. Okay. So David, we covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else from a leadership perspective? You know, you get a really unique perspective on the next generation of emerging leaders. Well, anything else you want to share with our audience, our tremendous leaders? Because this has been fascinating. I'd love to hear more about um, any other topics on leadership that you would like to share. Well, um, I would say there's this quote, you know, the kids care less about what you know until they know you care. And it may sound corny and people say, but it is so true. But I think that that holds true for the classroom, but it holds true with adults and just people, period, you know. And, and I think kids and adults can tell right away if someone is going through the motions and whether they really care about 
who's in front of them and what it is that they're conveying, you know? So one, I would say as far as, I mean, just for me, you know, the kids, they got to know that I care and, and, and truly from deep in my gut, in my heart, you know, I care about them, you know? And then two, I, I, I try to approach it as a humble servant, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm here to serve. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you, you know, help me to help you because that's what I'm here for, you know. And I try to do it as humbly as I can um, and, and with extreme ownership. And then anytime I mess up, that's completely on me. That's my fault. I made a mistake. I own that. You know, what can I do to make this right? This is, you know. I, I don't intend to do this again. You know, what can I do to make it right? So I, I think um, putting in the work, showing up humbly, being a servant, letting them know you care. Um, I think those are all essential parts of leadership. Beautiful. All right, David. Well, that's you have just given us so much information. And how can people connect with you and support you and what you're doing? You know, I, I don't know, ma'am. I don't really. Um, I have a website of it's called valueofaneducation.com. Yeah, I give everything away there. It's free. There's information for students and parents or teachers, and uh, they could take that. There's a, a little uh, demo that some kids made of a speech I do on the value of an education where I try and inspire students to go get their education. I saw that. That was awesome. That's on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> but I, I am teaching in a school that is in a very challenging area with very challenging demographics. It's a very poor area. It's my first year at the school. I've only been here for two months. Um, I have a friend who teaches at a school 40 miles away, but we might as well be in two different countries with what her school has, her students have, the level of academics. It, it really, it's two different countries, ma'am, even though we're 40 miles apart. So my students have great needs. You know, I have a student store that I made and I go around to yard sales in different places and find things and buy things. And I put in my student store and I give them money, like fake money for points. And then they buy things in my student's store. This morning, I brought in 30 toothbrushes that were donated by my dentist because I had a dentist appointment, you know. So um, I'm looking for for people to help motivate my students. This would be something amazing. Um, if there is a, a motivational speaker, um, someone successful, someone who would give my kids a one minute video and shout out or of encouragement or gosh, if they wanted to come and visit somehow, you know, um, they hear my voice, but they need to hear many mm -hmm. others of, of people who believe in them, people who have changed who they were and, and, and who they are and made changes in their lives. Cause many of these students, you know, hope to and need to make changes in their lives from, where they're at and where they want to be, you know? So anybody who would want to contribute to young, these young people who have so many, so much potential and, and just need some help getting there along the way, I would be truly grateful for that.
I love it. And that's what leadership is, seeing that and giving people the means and the resources to do that. So I've got some books coming your way. David, where are you located? Where's your school at? It's in uh, Lancaster, California. Okay. So we're near Lancaster, PA, but this is on the other side of the country, Lancaster. And uh, Lancaster, (laughs) we say it a little different here. I know. Isn't that funny? Because whenever somebody says it the California way, I'm like, oh, you're from the West Coast. And like, how'd you know that? I'm like, because we say Lancaster different, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for for our listeners that are out in that area, but absolutely, we will have David's contact information in there. So you can continue to pour into what he's doing. David, thank you so much. Uh, We wish you much blessings and success as you go into these areas and really um, ignite the greatness and all these these youngsters coming up. And what grade are you teaching? What, What when people want to do a little video and send it to you, because we'll put oh. your email address in there. What's the age group that we're gearing it towards? Yes, ma'am. I'm teaching sixth grade this year. Oh. It's my first time. I've taught um, mostly high school. It's my first time with sixth graders. The name of the school is Paiute Middle School. It's one of the hundred lowest schools in California, okay. you know, and um, but my students have grown so much and are doing um amazing things in a short time. They're really um, working hard. So anything that anybody would want to do to help or connect with these young kids and encourage them and motivate would be most appreciated. Well, I love it. And sixth grade, you know, I always tell people five to 10, that's my peeps. They get me. Six is where you suddenly something middle school is where that's a tough age. I wouldn't go back to that if you pay me a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? So, but if you get the right influences and boy, do you need some heavy duty influences when they start getting there? Because that's when the world starts creeping in or um, that, that critical spirit or that negative self-talk or just bad influences come in. So thank you for hitting them at at such that, that pivotal uh, juncture. Yes, ma'am. Well, you, ma'am, um, thank you for having me and thank you for doing what you do to inspire um, so many people. And I just thank you for, you know, passing on positive messages and for people to grow and learn and achieve. So thank you for doing what you do to impact people. Oh, you're welcome, David. Well, I couldn't do without people like you and to our tremendous listeners out there. Thank you so much for being a part of this legacy too. If you like what you heard, please do us the honor of a five-star rating. Also be sure and hit the subscribe button and share this with some other people, especially those in teaching, because they need to know there are teachers out there making a difference and we love and we value and we support them. That encouragement is so important. And be sure and head over to TremendousLeadership.com. If you're not on our newsletter, if you sign up today, you get two weeks of free eBooks. How tremendous is that? And then you can share them with other people as well. So thanks everybody, David. Thank you for sharing with others what it takes to pay the price of leadership. So appreciate it. And to our tribe out there, you have a tremendous day and you keep on paying the price of leadership. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.